Kudu here. Listen to Safari. Bits and bites from the bush. Wilderness wise with eco-training. And the elephant's child came upon the great grey greasy green banks of the Limpopo River, all set about with fever trees. This is a line in Rudyard Kipling's famous book, The Elephant's Child, and it describes a section of the fever tree forest along the Limpopo River in the Makileki Pafuri region of the Kruger National Park, which is where we are sitting at the moment. My name is Quentin Swanefelder. I'm an instructor with eco-training, and I have the very fortunate privilege of having to uh, have to come and walk in this forest every single day of my life. It's a truly magical place, and it is a wonderful privilege to be able to walk in this forest and work in it every single day, uh, coming in and absorbing its energy, listening to its beautiful sounds, uh, looking at the amazing animals and smaller creatures that hang around and, and inhabit this wonderful uh, small ecosystem. So this is uh, my office and I'll be sharing some of its wonderful features with you. So the fever tree forest in the Pafuri region uh, is granted or, or respected as the largest fever tree forest in Africa. It spans for about 20 to 25 kilometers just in this region. Uh, and it is uh, flanked by the Limpopo River on our northern bank which also forms the international border between Mozambique and South Africa and Zimbabwe. The fever tree forest is a unique forest in that uh, oh, it has many specific requirements for it to, to exist in that the tree, the fever tree, which uh, used to be known as uh, one of the acacias, our names have now changed to Vichelii's, uh, the seeds of, of the fever tree need to be soaked in water for them to germinate. So it's a very specific or habitat specific tree in that they'll only grow on floodplains or areas that get flooded seasonally so that the seeds can be submerged in water and uh, after about one week they'll start germinating. So this is a, an important part of South Africa. The, the wetland area that we're in in this Makuleki is a protected area. It's part of the Ramsar wetland sites. Uh, Ramsar was a a meeting that was held in the late 70s or in this 1970s where countries came across and visited in the town of Ramsar in Iran and it was decided to set an organization for the protection of wetland areas across the world and this is one of those areas because it is uh, from, a, from an ecological perspective so important. So the fever trees only grow in these areas because the, the Limpopo seasonally floods uh, and that causes the seeds to germinate and the habitat, the altitude, all of that combines to make this wonderful fever tree forest which uh, is, is, like I said, one of the most magical places in the world. So we're currently sitting in, in the fever tree forest. Uh, the fever trees are quite tall trees, probably up to about 30 to 40 meters forming a wonderful dense canopy up at the top. And they're characterized by these wonderfully luminous green uh, barks that they have. Uh, and this coloration that they have is to assist the tree in photosynthesis. Uh, because they grow in forested areas, they don't have the opportunity to, to receive that much sunlight. So we're sitting with almost like a cathedral shape with the canopy above us and these wonderful green fever tree stems and barks that, that grow up and around us. So... 
The, the color of the fever tree is unique. Um, it is also one of the reasons we think that it was called a fever tree because they grow in areas where fever or malaria was prevalent during the time of the early explorers. And there are two sides. Uh, the thinking is that maybe the early explorers thought that the tree was responsible for the fever or that they also used the tree to know where fever would be prevalent because they would find fever trees and know that these were hot, humid, damp areas and the fever or malaria might be prevalent in those areas. So that's where the tree got its, its name from. We now know that the tree actually has no bad causes for fever, um, but that it does grow in, in areas that are generally regarded as malaria areas. So there is some truth to the, the uh, original rumors that were discussed about the tree. The, this time of the year, the, the forest section is not as dense as it would be in probably the next two months when the rains come. But as you can hear all around us, lots of birds calling, uh, usually elephant herds coming through, lots of buffalo. It, it truly is a, a wonderful uh, ecosystem with certain birds, plants and animal species only found within the forest in South Africa. Um, one of the f sort of flagship species of bird which people travel all over South Africa, especially to come and see, which is only found in this forest in South Africa, is the racket-tail roller. Um, a truly wonderful, beautiful bird. We can actually hear their cousins flying around here, the broadbill rollers, which are migrant birds that have now moved in in the last sort of two weeks and actually pushed the rollers, the uh, racket-tail rollers, up into the Mupani belt. The Makuleki and Pafuri region is a tiny section of the Kruger National Park. It makes up about 1% of the entire uh, region, but it contains between 70 and 80 percent of the biodiversity of the Kruger National Park, and that's because we have all these smaller eco zones. So, within a two kilometer radius, uh, you would have maybe five different eco zones, each containing its own different plant life, animal life, bird life, and, and that's what makes the area so unique. And the fever tree forest is probably the main draw card for visitors to this region because it's such an, an, an amazing experience to. To witness and to be privileged enough to be able to walk through a forest like this listening to the sounds the smells it's, it's very easy to understand why Rudyard Kipling chose to write about this specific area in one of his wonderful novels um, called The Elephant's Child which I quoted earlier on so if you do have a chance it really is a wonderful story it's on how the elephant got its trunk um, and well worth the read. Right, so within the, the forest also we have some other species of trees which are also quite unique to the forest. Um, we're actually sitting under, underneath one right now which is the anna tree or the Phyderbia. It is also a tree where the seeds need to be soaked. So very often you'll find the fever trees and the anna trees growing in, in close proximity to each other. To our north, our neighbours in Zimbabwe, we have the very famous anna tree forests in Mana Pools which is well known for the pictures of the elephants standing on their back legs feeding off the, the winter thorn or anna tree fruits um, at certain times of the year. So just another one of the, the wonderful uh, neighbors or, or other plant species that grow within this, this area. In the Makaleki region that we're in now, there's been over 400 species of bird documented and is probably the best birding spot in the whole of South Africa. So. A lot of our avid bird watchers in South Africa will travel to this region certain times of the year to come and spot some of the passage migrant birds which make their way further down south but stop here. And like I said, the resident rollers, um, 
lots of lots of uh, wonderful interesting birds that are only found in this area uh, in Kruger. A recent course that we did here in, in Makuleki in a five-day period we identified 225 uh, different bird species some of which are what we call specials which included the three-banded corsa, which is a, a beautiful, more nocturnal bird, which we hear at night a lot, but unfortunately don't see them that often. And also quite a few rare, what we call passage migrants, which are birds that stop over in this area on their way down south from the uh, northern Arctic regions, heading down to the southern Arctic regions, and they'll actually use these wetland areas that we're in now to stop. So we've had uh, marsh sandpiper pull in, uh, little stints, uh, we even had a very rare sighting of a bird known as a, a ringed plover, which uh, got us all very excited. So these are, are birds that we see occasionally, uh, certain times of the year, but they're on their way south. And they're not residents. Um, some of the rarer resident birds that we see here in the forest are the like the crowned eagle, which is the largest eagle in the area. It is specifically adapted to hunting within these forest canopies. Uh, taking small animals like vervet monkeys, small bushbuck, things like that. So also a truly wonderful bird, smaller occipiters like the African goshawk. Uh, we also have, if you're very lucky enough to see it, the gorgeous bushrike, which is a call we'll hear all, all the time, but it's a bird that's very elusive. Species of rollers that we hear, uh, the grey-headed parrot, which is also found mostly only here in, in uh this area of the Kruger National Park. So some truly special birds that are only found in this, this area. The, well, the fever tree forest does create this wonderful habitat because of the, the structure of the trees. So you have a dense canopy up at the, the tops and you have this mid strata which is fairly open, uh, which is where a lot of the forest birds will be perched like the uh, racket tail roller. That's where you'll be looking for him is sort of mid strata, meaning halfway between the top and the bottom of the tree. And the tree is not a particularly hard wood, um, so it's very easy for birds that make holes in trees to nest in that to nest. So you have then birds make, finding it easier to make nests, and then you actually also have quite a lot of interspecies competition for these nest holes. And as I mentioned earlier, the broadbill rollers come in this time of the year and they chase the racket tail rollers further up, and that's the main reason is not really for food, but it's the selective nesting sites that they fight for. And that's one of the reasons some certain birds will enjoy this forest area. Protection from, from hunting birds from, from the top, and it's cooler. Um, we'll just hear some parrots calling in the background there too, the squawking noise. Um, so yeah, it's just an ideal habitat for some birds that have adapted specifically to, to these forest areas. Something that we would like to touch on maybe is also some trees have very special adaptations. We see in fever trees occasionally these sacrificial branches that we call them where a tree after many years of growing will eventually absorb quite a lot of toxins from the, from the soil. And the tree actually sacrifices some of its lower branches in storing these toxins. And these lower branches will absorb the toxins and eventually they'll die and die off. Okay, so it's a combination of the lower branches not really reaching as much sunlight anymore. Um, so they'll, they'll stop growing and then they also then absorb these toxins, which serves as another, another purpose in protecting and prolonging the life of the tree. So that's um, basically, in a nutshell, what we know about fever trees or what we're learning. There currently is a, a study on the go. Uh, there is a gentleman doing his, his honours degree degree 
on uh, fever trees, so we should have some more information on that pretty soon. He's a nice guy in sharing all of that knowledge with us. But yeah, for me, it's it truly is a, a magical saying a place. There's a saying that say, "Into the forest we go to lose our minds and find our souls," and it's it's true. If you can one day just come and sit in the forest, take your shoes off, and absorb the energy coming through the the soils through your feet, you'll you'll find that uh, it can make any bad day a truly magnificent day. And and it, all it takes is half an hour of sitting in the forest and just listening and enjoying the beauty that it offers. For more audio safaris, visit kuduhere.com.